All conversations and information exchanged during What If Nothing's Wrong podcast with Heidi Haddad, LCSW, are intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please do not confuse this with treatment, therapy, or psychotherapeutic advice or guidance. The information on these podcasts is supplemental and not meant to interfere with the therapeutic work between you and your professional therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. Please understand that Heidi Haddad does not maintain the role of your psychotherapist, but rather offers an educated, professional perspective from that of a licensed clinical social worker. When your anxiety is crippling and you're stuck inside your head, find your joy, find your joy. When your man won't touch you, but you want to have a baby, find your joy, find your joy. When you're walking down the street and you get punched in the face, find your joy, find your joy. When you want to fire a bazooka at your neighbor's barking dog, find your joy, find your joy. Find your joy, find your joy. Hi, Heidi, how are you? Hi, Nelsie, I'm good. Are you? Thanks for asking. Are you good? I just have one thing to say to you, yeah. Raza Blights. <laughs> That's Heidi giving us her her um, Australian accent. Can you say it again, dear? Raza Blights. And can you guys tell what she's saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> when she said it to me, I was like, what? What? <laughs> Raza Blights. So she is saying razor blades. Obviously. I think everybody knows that. Raza Blights. Rise of lights. Rise of lights. <laughs> the only thing I can say in an Australian accent is so I'll go to Australia one day and they'll say whatever they say and I'll say, rise of lights. Rise of lights. And they'll immediately deport you. Rise of lights. <laughs> what would you like? Can I get you a drink? Rise of lights. Rise of lights. <laughs> Yours is good. Thank you. Yours is very oh, good. God. Well, we have decided that Heidi is the arbiter of all accents. <laughs> She's decided I can do Southern. I'm not allowed to do English. So we're going to have to stick with that. Okay. You can do English or you cannot? You, you poo-pooed my English accent. Of course, yours. Oh, I thought you, oh, meant, your, I thought you meant just spot English. Spot is so good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm very clear. It's not good. That your spot is not good. very clear. So um, let me ask you an important question. First of all, welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong. I know Heidi said that already, but I do want to say that we are the mental health podcast that might make you chuckle on occasion or that is replete with humor. (laughs) I like that might make you chuckle on occasion. Yeah, might make you chuckle on occasion. It makes us chuckle a lot. Rise up lights. (laughs) Rise up lights. Nelsie. Yes, Heidi. Was there a time that you found some joy this week? Well, as a matter of fact, there was. I pray tell. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Oh, my pleasure. I did something that used to be kind of a normal thing, but in these post-pandemic days have become like kind of an unusual thing to do. I A left the house. Whoa. Got in my car. Whoa. Drove north. Went to Asbury Park, which is now a very kind of happening place. And I went to the movies. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be so much better than that. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think? 
I don't know. I thought you were going to say like you went dancing or you went to a, I don't know why yeah. I thought like you went to, cause you said Asbury Park where it's a happening place and you went to a movie. Uh, but I went to, I went to a Pedro Almodovar movie. Does that count? Doesn't that make it a little more special? No, she's shaking her Wasn't head. Wasn't it sad? <laughs> was it depressing? No, it was good. I don't, I don't really find his movies depressing. Do you? I, I don't think of him as a depressing filmmaker. <laughs> Thoughtful. Thoughtful. How about that? Thoughtful. Penelope Cruz and this, of course. this wonderful newcomer. I can't remember her name. Schmitz, I think is her last name, or Schmitz. Anyway, it's called Parallel Mothers. And it's quite good. And I I mean, I felt like I felt like I was on top of the world. I mean, I got in the car. We went to another another city. We parked the car. We went to a little art house where there were literally 25 seats in the theater. That's how tiny the theater was. And um, went to the movies and loved it. And I highly recommend going to the movies. I highly recommend leaving the house if you're comfortable with it. And uh, made me feel better. Made me happy. Well, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) She's so underwhelmed. Oh, and I also went, I also left the house the next day and went out to dinner because it was Malcolm's birthday. So me and Doug and Malcolm and Samantha went out to dinner. And, um, you know, I had vegan crab cakes, which you might ask yourself, how can a crab cake be vegan? Because it doesn't have any crab in it. So I'm not sure why they can call it a crab cake. And it was delicious. Oh, she's yawning. She's yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Did it taste like it? What did it taste like? Kind of tasted like crab. Kind of tasted like crab. Yeah, those were my big, exciting, exciting, joyful things over the week. That and I got to sing happy birthday to both both my brothers because it was both my brothers had birthdays. Malcolm turns turned Malcolm's birthday is the 2nd of February. My brother Cardi's birthday is the 6th. My brother Dick's birthday is the 9th. And my husband's birthday is the 14th. So that was, those were my big joyful things. I didn't really, I didn't really um, dance around my garage, which I normally do. And that usually makes me happy because my garage is where my gym is. And so I go out there and I (laughs) work out. (laughs) Why is that funny? My garage, just the way you said it, my garage is where my gym is. <laughs> is gym a use, euphemism for something? Jim <laughs> is, um, Jim is, Jim is our, my lover. Jim <laughs> yeah, is my lover. Yes. I wasn't going to say that, but now that it's out in the open and he waits in the garage for me and I go out there and we just, we get all sweaty together. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and you missed it all week, but you went to a movie. So you must feel good. Oh, God. I'm trying to so share my joy and all I get is mocked. I'm sharing my it's joy. It's obvious replacement. And- oh, God. <sighs> all okay, right. So take me to the AMA, babe. What happened last night on Twitter? I wrote, my prompt was, prompt, family disconnection. Mm. Kids aren't speaking to parents because they're angry and hurt, which causes mixed feelings for both. Everyone has space to breathe because the conflict isn't in their faces and the deep pain of not having access to one another. I could have done so much better. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but it was like, yeah, and wait a minute. I, I know. I'm sorry. It is, I just want to, it is so hard sometimes to write a prompt, A, fit it in, B, make it compelling, and 
what I'm trying, what I was trying yeah, to let's, say. Let's let's get to in that. Plain English. What were you trying to say? Was there was a theme this week mm. that I in my life where people were talking about the disconnect disconnection they were having with their families, whether it's between a parent and a child where the children are saying, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And the children don't have to be children, children, just offspring. And I don't want to have a relationship with you, my parent anymore because X, Y, Z reason. Right. And the parents feel what's pretty consistent is the parents are devastated and they also are experiencing some relief because the conflict isn't constantly in their faces. That's what I meant by that. And so they can take a deep breath and they don't have to worry about how that person's going to react or how that, how their kid is going to, again, kid loosely could be thirties, forties, doesn't matter how their, their son or their daughter or their non-gendered, their non-gender specific offspring. Anyway, how they respond, how they react, how they just a fight they're going to get into, their anger, their sadness, all of that stuff is just not in their faces and it's nice and they can have some relief and they can just enjoy whatever they enjoy in their lives. And the other side of it is the deep devastation to not have their child in their faces. Yeah. Not knowing. I heard one parent say like, I don't know if my kid has a kid 30s. Yeah. Right. Has a cold. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know you know, what he's doing every day. I just, I feel so detached and just that, that disconnection, a broken cord between mm. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a good noun to child. use, broken cord, right? Yeah. Because there is, is that feeling of that very real connection that you have with your kid and, and how you can almost feel that on a visceral level when you're, I don't know if, it, I don't know if dads feel it the same way moms do. I don't know. Um, but um, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, and then when they get really, you know, then you have, if you have some sort of big falling out to have your child just not be in touch with you, what that's, what that must feel like it must be really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm th- I'm, as we're having this conversation, I can think of other clients I've had over the years where that that's a thing, that there's a um, kid just stops talking to the parent, says, mm, I don't, maybe the parent doesn't even know why the kid's not communicating what the reason is. And they just What do you say out. to them, Heidi? <sighs> Keep reaching out. Yeah. With a, just letting you know I'm here. I love you. Depending on the situation, are they local? Can they just stop by? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old's the kid? What do you know about your kid? What do you know that you can do or not do? Yeah. Definitely don't. Definitely don't encourage passivity, and I definitely don't encourage silence. Yeah. It's. I think if anything, you just keep reaching out just to say, "I'm here. I love you. I don't know what's going on. This is incredibly painful. Let's figure this out." And just keep putting that out, yeah. even if, and you, I'm here when even you're, if ready. you're met with silence. Yeah. yeah. But you just keep saying it. Never can there be an added piece of, you didn't even care. Well, what did you hear? Did you get some responses that resonated? Uh, at MH Roseman wrote, thank you for being there. My family has needed this type of help in the past and may again in the future. Well, there you go. I got props instead. At Iridesce57 wrote, thank you for sharing your time and talents 
for the betterment of all. Oh, wait, this is not, we're not talking about what it's about, not about me. At Suzanne Bagwell 8 wrote, I have two adult children who just stopped talking to me. They refuse to offer me any explanation why it has caused, explanation why. It has caused so much pain to me. Sometimes I feel my life isn't important. And in big letters, I hate how I feel with a broken heart. Mm. What did you say? I didn't say anything. I just saw this today. This was under somebody else's feed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't under mine. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them? Just empathy. I think yeah. it's just how painful it yeah. is. And just, and, and actually this is that if you decide, if anyone decides they don't want to have a relationship with someone else, you have that right. Nobody's, I, I'm certainly not going to take that away from you. Mm-hmm. And if you're, but I would encourage you to communicate that with whoever it is that you don't want to speak to anymore and explain why. And Mm -hmm. even if you've said a million times, I can't stand the way you do X, Y, Z, and then you peace out and say they should know why. Mm -hmm. No, it's just not, it's not even clean like that because if you've had to say something 14,000 times before and it never changed, it means they didn't hear you those 14,000 times. So therefore make it, putting it in a tidy bowl, bowl, mm, in a tiny, Thank you. And I was going to, a tidy bowl. <laughs> Is it a bowl or a bow? I'm really not sure. <laughs> Tying it up in a pretty, so what's the expression? Tying it up in a bow, in a pretty bow, in a nice Tying tidy it up in bow. A bow. Or you might want to put it in a lovely ceramic bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to put it in a bowl. Whatever. <laughs> The point is, is that you present it to the person with whom you no longer want to speak and say, I am no longer going to speak with you because fill in blank. Right. It doesn't have to be a saga. It doesn't have to be 14 pages, but just, just so you know, I am no longer interested in having a relationship with you because I feel so hurt or so angry or so discouraged sad or scared, s- scared, sad, alone, any of it invalidated unseen, ah, da, 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 all the things, whatever you feel, say it, mm-hmm. period. And if it's, and I have nothing else to say on the matter, period. Yeah. I mean, just nice piece of pie. How's that? Nice piece. <laughs> it's a bowl. A nice piece it's a of bowl. pie. It could be a pie. <laughs> it's a piece. <laughs> but the not point a whole is, pie. is that you're kind of cleaning your side of the the street. Yeah. And and saying just simply, like, I just, I can't do this anymore and I'm in too much pain and I need to stop engaging with you and let them know so that the person isn't wondering. And even if the person's wondering after that and somebody else says, well, didn't you get a letter? And also that's the other thing. You could write it in a text. You could write it in a long handwritten letter. You could write an email. You could call them. Mm -hmm. You could... You could skywrite it. It gets expensive. Skywrite, whatever. (laughs) It's expensive, but you could, we don't know where you are with that. You could put it on, you know, in chalk on the front door. Jumbotron. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's just, you've then done it and this, you've done it. And so even if somebody comes a knocking a hundred times after that to say, please, I don't understand why you're not talking to me. My heart's broken. You can rest assured that you 100% have at least explained yourself on the most minimal level. Well, let me ask you a question. And communicated. Well, that, no, we let like me ask that. you a question because I, f- for most of my life, I have- Raise your hand. 
for most Nelsie. Okay, thank you. For most <laughs> of my life, I, I've looked at this question and this scenario from the point of view of the child because I was one in yourself. I was one myself and I had <clears throat> maybe not the most perfect childhood, but I also didn't, didn't speak to my dad for the last seven years of his life. And so I've always almost always up until now looked at it from that point of view. And and I have good relationships with both my kids, not perfect, but quite good. And, you know, we talk all the time and I just, Rena and I chat and we laugh and, you know, Mac and I have a good relationship. But when you're saying that, let your, let the parent know or whoever it is, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but what if, what if it's so abusive that even that reaching out feels too scary? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to engage because I know I know what's going to happen. I know if I open that door but of that's engagement, why, that's why I'm saying you can write it. Right? Yeah, it doesn't have. You're not. I'm not encouraging you to call and have or, a conversation or have coffee or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's it doesn't it doesn't have to be a dialogue. It can be a monologue. It can be a statement that you make. Yeah. Where it's just simply saying, listen. First of all, let's be clear. If it's an incredibly abusive situation, you don't know anybody anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and you don't. And you don't even owe them this. But if there's a, even the tiniest window of opportunity to speak your truth, even to say, this is the most abusive relationship I've ever been in. I want to have nothing to do with it. Please don't contact me again. Say it. Yeah. Say it because you need to say it. Say it because there's clarity. Say it because, and, and for situations where it's not on the extreme of abuse, Mm -hmm. because obviously there are Definitely caveats to that, right? Yeah. But just yeah. even your run-of-the-mill narcissistic mother or father. Right? <laughs> or father. Just your, yeah, just your run-of-the-mill where you just can't take it anymore. <laughs> and listen, there's a really good chance it won't be heard then either. Yeah. And so I, the other part of it is if you feel that you've said what you've had to say already, okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. then that's then, that. And yeah. the other person like this, this mother who's saying that her children refuse to offer her any explanation. Maybe from their standpoint, they've offered countless explanations. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. And who knows? And I, as the therapist in the room with someone, with the mother, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is hard to get to the bottom of that because usually someone who is spe- saying that, listen, children just don't stop talking to their parents for Out no reason. Blue. Yeah. Right. And so if that parent can't see, has a difficult, yeah, can't see or has a difficult time understanding why that happened, that could be a a failing on the parent side. I don't know. I want to say it like that. Or they have a mental health issue that disables them from being able to hear it. Be self-reflective or be able to, yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that the child therefore owes them anything just is like, Oh, okay. And, but from the therapist's perspective, it's hard. I mean, eventually we, I learn, I figure out because there's a consistent pattern right. with the way the story is being told that something seems to be awry everywhere else, but in the room, according yeah. to the person who's talking. Yeah. So then that's an indication eventually, of. Right. You have to say, well, I see these scenarios happening again and again. I'm wondering what your part might be in that. Right. Correct. Maybe yeah. not quite like that, but yes. Well, that, totally. <laughs> right. What yeah. did you do? 
yeah, what'd you do? Because clearly you're fucking up. So uh, let's get down to that. <laughs> um, it's interesting because when you said, when you had this, uh, you know, the the imaginary scenario of the of the of the parent who uh, is not is is sort of being dissed or ghosted by the kid, saying, you know, really, what's going on? Because you know, this is breaking my heart. I had a reaction to that of like, yeah, I don't really care about your fucking heart. You know what I mean? Like, and I know you're just making up that scenario, but I, it was interesting that when you said that, I was like, okay, for me, it clearly has some stuff that's still going on. I was like, yeah, this isn't about you. And I don't really care if your heart is broken because I've left, I'm not speaking to you because you're not safe and it's breaking your heart. I don't really give a shit. Like change something about you and maybe I'll be back. I hear, um, I, so here's the thing. And I'm not saying you. that's the right, right reaction. I'm just saying right. I wanted to share that because I noticed that happening in me. And I was like, oh, it's kind of an interesting reaction. I guess I want to do an overarching, every situation is different. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And we started this with, there's a theme. And the theme that I noticed this week is that their parents talking about their children not speaking to them anymore and each of those scenarios is totally different. Yeah. And some of them, there's a reason why the kid isn't talking. And there's, I mean, there's always a reason. I meaning that in some of those, in some of the situations, the parent knows why their child is no longer speaking to them. Mm-hmm. In some situations, in other scenarios, it's not that clear. In other scenarios, it's because that kid is, or, or that child, again, not kid, adult kid is working through something and has to do some healing and can't engage with the parents until they figure it out. Yeah. And then I'm going through all the different scenarios in my head of the ones that I'm familiar with right now. And sometimes the, the kid isn't able to even take ownership for their own participation in what has been created between them and their parent or parents so anyway, it's complicated and it each is. one is different, but I think, I don't think we can summate anything except to say, communicate if you can. And, and also just acknowledging how cutting that cord is incredibly painful, but sometimes it needs to be cut. And just because it's your Parent. family of origin, it doesn't mean that you need to keep choosing them over yeah. and over again, which yeah. is what actually, I just remember that I wrote that at, at the, at the end of it all. Hey, I, last night at the, on the yeah, AMA. I wrote sometimes within the family you didn't choose, you don't realize you can choose yourself, but you can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important thing. Sometimes we get stuck in like, well, that's my mother or father, my sister, my brother. And therefore I need to, I have to have a relationship. I have to keep going back in the shark tank is what it feels like. I have to keep subjecting myself to something that's really painful and traumatic for me. And, and you don't, we don't, you don't, no, you just don't No, You have to find a way to take care of yourself. It's not the family we chose. It's the family we were born into. And, and so, and (laughs) some metaphysical beliefs are that we do choose our families and that we are come into a certain life to learn certain lessons. And that is a way to look at it as well. But it doesn't feel that way. No, but even when you look at it like that, well, I I think if this is what you're saying, that even if you look at it as this is a family that I need, came here to learn something. I chose these people to have in my life. 
Yeah, maybe the thing you need to learn is to be able to create a boundary and say no and and walk away from a relationship that's abusive even if even that abusive relationship is your family of origin. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correctamundo. Um this at uh, at Sin Hanrahan MCC wrote, <laughs> "Heidi, thank you. I disconnected from my birth family more than a decade ago." And for what it's worth, I'm impressed with myself, by the way, because it just says FYI, F-W-I-W, and I immediately got it. For what it's worth. Excellent. Anyway, (laughs) and for what it's worth, it's the healthiest thing I've ever done for myself. No light decision. I mean, how timely is this message? No light decision. It took many years of therapy and trying to understand I cannot be healthy and stay in contact with them. Absolutely. Can Sin the Witch, vaccinated and masked, hear us right now? That, that message came in 17 minutes ago. Wow. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I think that that's so true that, you know, sometimes that, well, that that can be the hardest decision to make and the best because if you have, I mean, speaking of writing, speaking of emails or writing letters or, you know, Skywriting, um, my brother wrote a, a, I think an eight page front and back letter to our dad. Your father, you t- to, yeah, you told yeah. us this, and um, and I think it made you know, I mean, he didn't hear back what he wanted to hear, even though it was eight pages front and back from my dad. It was all about my dad and his pain and all of that. So my dad didn't suddenly become a different person just because Cardi wrote the letter, but his level of you know, Cardi's level of of um, resolved around, you know, my dad, his dad, our dad, when my dad died was higher than anybody else in the family because he got to say everything he wanted to say. And so I think what, that point you make is so true. It's such a good point. And um, which one is that? Which one of my brilliant points are you the point particularly of referring putting to? It, putting it in writing. Let the person oh, yeah. know. Be clear about what it is. So your side of the street is clean because I had so much regret that I had not said A, B, C, and D to my dad when he died. Right. And um, I don't think Cardi had any regret. So that right on. Right on, brother. And to, to your point that remembering that even when you say something – the likelihood of you getting back a response that you want is yeah narrow. It's narrow, right? Small. Because if you're if you're separating from someone from someone, if you're separating from a parent, um, likelihood you've been trying to get them to hear you and trying to neg- navigate that relationship for a long time. So just the chance of them going finally going, oh yeah, you're right, I hear you, and you know, being reflective. Thank you for telling me how you're feeling. However, just to put in one more counter perspective to that is that maybe somebody has been in therapy for a while and finally has the ability to communicate what they need to say to that parent or Mm. the other person in their family in a way they hadn't been able to before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I find when people come into therapy, they don't realize how traumatizing their family of origin had been for them and some people come in saying, listen, I came from this and it was awful and this is, we, I need to talk about it. And some people come in just casually dropping these monster bombs. Right, and, yeah, no, I, I grew up I, with a pretty happy family and yeah. <laughs> everything was fine. Yeah, I used to <laughs> get hit on Fridays at two, but. That, yeah, but you know, you know that, that didn't that hit me love. hard. 
And I mean, it was whatever only on it was, Fridays. I mean, there would just be things. And I, f- I have found time and time again that I'm, I say, wait, did, did you hear what you just said? You yeah. know, that's a thing. That's yeah. a very painful, painful thing that, do you realize how painful and traumatizing XYZ was? And then they say, and usually they cry and it, because they haven't realized it. Yeah. And it seems so obvious to me sometimes, and it's not obvious at all. And so no, because to think it's that normal. they probably told their family how they felt all these years, they did not. Yeah. Right. All yeah. of a sudden they're in this therapeutic setting and they're being validated for something that was to your, to your point was familiar and habitual and yet extraordinarily painful. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's somebody outside that circle saying, wait out, that sounds heinous and painful and traumatizing. And they say, yeah, it was actually, thank you for seeing me. And then they turn around and have a different perspective looking at their families. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So they come in because of something seemingly not related, you know, I can't figure out my job or, or I'm having or, a hard time. Yeah, like I'm having a hard time communicating with my boss and I, this, maybe this isn't the job for me. And then it turns out when we break down what's going on with their boss, they're having a hard time telling their boss how they feel because they've never been able to talk about how they feel because they're afraid to talk about how they feel because they've never felt worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Or it wasn't safe to talk about your feelings in your family of origin, or we don't talk about feelings in this family. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're, you're not allowed to have needs because there's no room for you. I mean, it's so it's endless of all the different ways it could happen. Yes. 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 Excellent. Uh, All right. I think I have one more. Excellent. At seven QQ two K Z T four X B. Who? What okay. is? I don't understand. What I don't that either. Is. is that that was a suggested I, password for them? <laughs> but that's the handle, right? I know. It's I don't get it. Anyway, narcissistic. Not a tech person. Narcissistic people tend to have tend to have to cut up. Cut, I'm, I can't even say it. Narcissistic people tend to quote unquote have to cut others out of their life when they don't see eye to eye. You need to grow up and realize you're not always right and learn to respect other people's opinions. Now, this is interesting because narcissistic people don't recognize, don't have the self-awareness to recognize that they're not always right and need to grow up. And it's not about them being more mature. It's that they literally are not able to, if you have a narcissistic personality disorder, not just you're slightly narcissistic, aren't... They're not capable of doing that. They're They're, not capable of maturing. I just wouldn't use the word immature, just underdeveloped. Maybe maybe it's maturity, but it's... But there's some sort of wound that's happened. If if you have, if 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 you're a narcissist, and obviously I'm the layperson, so you fix and clean up anything I say. But I'll fix you if you if if you're a narcissist, you have a oh. A type of wound that inhibits your ability for empathy and for growth and compassion. Am I correct about that? Well, where do you think this wound comes from? I think a, it, it's a wound that's happened in childhood. If you're a narcissist, no. Uh, I mean, is is somebody born a narcissist? Some people could be. See, this is the thing that I do find fascinating. 
I always use this example. I always use this example. So you've got Sybil, right? If you haven't read Sybil, read it. It's a woman who had 16 different personalities. And I think it might have been later debunked, but I don't know. Um, So Sybil, who came from extreme abuse, and the way she coped with it is she created all these different personalities to survive in in an untenable situation. And then you have Jeffrey Dahmer, who came, I'm guessing, came from incredible abuse, abuse and ended up killing and eating people. So what I wonder is what the different coping mes- mechanisms that one uses to survive some sort of incredible abuse or trauma, what predetermines that? Like why does one person become a narcissist and somebody else becomes multiple personalities? Have I gone down some weird rabbit hole? If I have, tell me. Wait, you're putting those two together? What I'm saying is, I guess the initial question is, if somebody's a narcissist, which is a word that's thrown around and tossed around a lot these days, where does that come from? Is it a nature nurture? Is it a, something that happens as a result of abuse or trauma? Narcissistic or personality dis- I'm sorry, which one? Narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, the, okay MPC. Um I don't think they know entirely. I don't think it's a definitive, there's a definitive answer. They, the story is that it could be partly environmental, how you were raised, maybe with overt criticism, not overt, but excessive criticism, which is also overt, um, excessive criticism or excessive adoration. Mm, either one or the other in a way that obviously doesn't serve, coupled with the kind of temperament or who the the person is that's getting that excessive as, cause as we know, you put different people in the same environments, each person is going to react differently. There are going right. to be some similarities, but there's how people process it and do all of that is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, genetics. Yeah. Throw in genetics in there and just, which is temperament, but inherited characteristics. Yeah. And then, also, um, the neurology, how your brain is developed, which again comes to, it's nature and nurture, the combination of nature and nurture. Yeah. And yeah. how that plays a part in what's happening and how they're raised. Yeah. How they're parented creates that. But talk therapy can, if they're willing and capable, and depending on how far gone they are, you know, whether they talk, but talk therapy can absolutely help with that. It can. So, so this person that wrote by wrote who said that narcissists have to cut people out. You were sort of responding to what their take on on the people cutting people out being narcissists didn't seem didn't land for you. Like me? Yeah. What do you mean? Wait, I I lost you. Well, go back to your response to to this person about talking about narcissists have to cut people out and they need to grow up and- Right. I was saying I was bridling at at having to grow up. Oh, bristling. I think bristling. I think bridling. (laughs) uh, uh, Bridling. Bristling, I think, is what we're going for. Uh, you would know horses, so <laughs> excuse my. <laughs> anyway, pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so I'm just saying that it's this is if somebody 
was raised with excessive adoration or excessive criticism coupled with who they are and their neurology and just the way who, just who they are, nature and nurture combination equals a narcissistic personal personality disorder. It's not about just simply growing up. It is about getting help that you need right. in order to engage with the world and yourself differently. Yeah. The effects of someone who are narcissistic, having a grandiose perspective of life, thinking that they're right, making it about themselves, the lens is through, is through their own lens because yeah. they're either, they have crippling self, low self-esteem or they think they're amazing because that's what they were told their whole lives. Yeah. But it could also be both, right? right. Part also of them thinks I'm both. the best right. and another part of them is like filled with self-loathing. Right. Right. But either way, therapy would for sure help. Yeah. But you'd have to be able to walk through, it's recognizing that there are all these ways in which your life is challenged or there are challenging aspects you're having a hard time in relationship. But again, I mean, obviously there are plenty of narcissists who have relationships and they probably aren't that fantastic, but somebody's willing to be the The other side. The center of the universe. They're yin to their yang. Right. But you have, like you said, you, you were about to say, I think you have to be willing to walk through the door and say, I need help. Yeah. Which is... Something doesn't feel right. Something could be better. Something doesn't... I'm not psyched about how yeah. um, my life yeah. is rolling out. Yeah. There's also... They have um, a higher probability of uh, addiction mm-hmm. or just abuse of alcohol or drugs or other something else, I guess yeah. it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because that last person was sort of the the flip side, you know, like um, the idea of, of having to get away from a situation and a family member or a parent because it's it's not they're healthy. narcissistic. What? Yeah, because they're oh. narcissist versus right. versus like if you want to get away, you're a narcissist and just you better grow up and buck up. It sort of feels like, and I think that that's a little. Simplistic, in my well, opinion. sure, and uh, and the word narcissist is thrown around a lot. It People is. use it like it's they're drinking water, and yeah. it there's actually a, a diagnosis out there yeah. for narcissistic personality yeah. disorder. That's not just someone's being a little bit more self centered than the next guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This person seems to think that narcissistic people cut others off be- when they don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a simple like that, and. Maybe, maybe they do. I mean, yeah. That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. But how they stop cutting people off would take therapy, not just growing grow up. up. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at the time. We're about 45 minutes something? in, so I think we have a little more time. Did, is that is that your last one? Here's another one that comes up is sibling relationships. When mm-hmm. yeah. you decide that you don't, the ramification of deciding not to have a relationship with your parent and how that affects your relationship with your siblings if they still have a close relationship with that parent and that those siblings are speaking the parent's jargon if you will, mm-hmm. and their story. And mm-hmm. then this, and then it becomes that the person who stood up and said, I don't want to do this anymore is the odd man out, the odd man out, ostracized. And the one that's creating the upset in the family. 
Right. That person becomes the identified patient, so to speak. I was just going to use that expression. Right. Or the identified problem. Yeah. Yeah. And... And nobody's looking at whatever else is going on. And all, and the other person's just saying, no, the, I'm not the, the fire's over there. The fire's over there. And they're all looking at going, mm-hmm, keep talking about that fire over there. We know the fire is right here. You're the fire. Right. Meanwhile, all their hair's singed. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're on fire. Yeah. Exactly. We don't know what you're, you're like, talking put about. Put it out. Yeah. Grandpa's great. Grandpa's on fire. <laughs> oh, don't geez. even notice it. It's just for everyone's right. burning behind them as yeah. they're busy pointing at the one that left the family. Right. The one that caused the disruption. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that and, is, yeah. and that takes courage. And it it's hard because then it's you have hard. that whole ga- gaslighting thing where who's crazy? Am I crazy? Yeah. The story is as if that person does it with such ease and flippancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. You know what? Uh, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with my family yeah, anymore. Yeah. Oh, and, and oh, flick or, that, or, flick oh, that bug the, off her shoulder. She's the sensitive one. She's always been sensitive. That's another line that is oh, just yeah. such a like. I love that one. Oh, you're just too sensitive. No, you're shitty. You said something mean and shitty. <laughs> like that. Yeah, is yeah. such. Um, that's a mind fuck in my in my world. I mean, I guess it is for everybody because it's like yeah, pathologizing the one that actually has the voice, mm-hmm. right? And and actually calls out the there's yeah, something points at the right. elephant in the living room that right. just took a dump, right? Yeah, there was something I was going to say, but it as I can't remember the other one, but I will say, I hear parents often talk about their children and say, well she or he is, or they are, um, they're pretty sensitive. And I'm like, who's not sensitive? They're children. Yeah. I mean, we're all sensitive. We all have feelings. I don't even know what that means. I really don't. Yeah. And they take that, that kid takes things harder than the others. It's like they, that one just expresses it. Yeah. yeah. Differently. I mean, not, I don't think that every, nobody else is feeling if somebody gets punched in the face it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> She's going Jerry Seinfeld again. <laughs> it just hurts, right? It doesn't, yeah. it's not like my kid, it hurts my kid more. They're more sensitive than the others. Yeah. But also right. that idea that being sensitive is some sort of a, you know, Something wrong it's with a you. bad thing. It's right. a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Why are you, but we're back to the fire. The sensitivity is yeah. you're the, you're the one on fire. You're the one causing all the drama. Yeah. If you just kept your mouth shut. Oh, I know what I was going to say. It's like the dance that we've talked about before. Yeah. That, that when the, when the whole family is doing a particular dance and the dance being the tango, mm-hmm. everybody's doing the tango and they parents raise their kids to do the tango and everybody does the tango and everybody's doing the tango. And then one day somebody's like, Hey, did you hear that song? Let's do a little disco. And the whole family is, you might as well have thrown them off the boat. Yeah. What? Yeah. We do the tango. We do not This is disco. a tango family. This is a tango family. <laughs> <laughs> and it is outrageous that you would bring in disco. And that you, would you ruined our family. Yeah. You've yeah. ruined our family. Well, now You've we're destroyed off, now, everything. Now we're off the now beat. Now we're unhappy. We're off the beat. What? How, we're, we're off, off the beat, beat and we're unhappy. Oh my and God. if it wasn't for you, 
we be killing the tango, <laughs> continuing I, to kill the tango. I have a friend who tells this story, how he's like, I don't know, 10, whatever, and he's home and he goes to the bathroom. It's the afternoon and he has to go number two, right? And he comes out of the bathroom and his dad's like, yeah, what are you doing? He's like, dad, I, I had to go to the bathroom. What, what are you talking about? Well, I had to poop. We do not poop in the afternoon in this family. We poop in the morning. What are you talking about? Like the dad went ape shit. No pun intended. People do not poop. In- what are you talking about? That's just. We are morning That's poopers. ridiculous. Damn it. I, wonder, I wonder if this friend of yours who was 10 at the time misunderstood what was happening because that's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, he I told the story. He's a, he was a great storyteller and got a lot of laughs, but he, you know, la, la. he became a therapist. So, you know, he got some help. And he really talks about the poop. <laughs> we are morning poopers here in this family. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for today, folks. <laughs> that's all we have time, but we're going to close with the morning pooping. Uh, the last thing I want to say is, and we touched you on say it, many but things. I, we don't have to end, but I do want to say that the "you're too sensitive" and "you can't take a joke" same Ugh. thing, right? I was being funny. I was kidding. You were kidding, and you said it in a really mean way. You know what you said was a mean. It was mean, and it wasn't funny dismissiveness there's a way in which people dismiss others when they can't own the fact that they said something that might have been unkind yeah right so therefore they have to dismiss the other it's just it's a we live in a culture of dismissiveness in a lot of ways it's really it's painful yeah i have to say that i oh god that's so i had a conversation recently where um my brother said something that felt really hurtful. And I was like, wow, I feel, uh, that felt really mean. And he said, I was kidding. That's all we have time for because Nelsie's gone and now she's coming back. (laughs) Here she is. Uh, You lost me on, you, oh. You didn't, didn't you did mean it. Or I said, you did mean it. And he stopped and said, well, let me think about that. And he said, and then he was pretty honest. He said, maybe, yeah, Cardi was honest. And he was like, all right, well, maybe I was thinking that I I, I don't remember how he articulated it. I mean, the the reason I tell the story is because we did it differently. You know, I was able to say right away when he said it, that felt really mean. He said, I was kidding. And I said, I don't think you were. And it worked. I didn't believe. Could he own it? And it, he really owned it. And then I was even able to say, 55 um, I'm years later. Hard, <laughs> I'm having a hard time moving on. Oh. Like I'm having a hard time moving on. Um, and we talked about it some more, you know? And instead of, instead of being reactive, I was honest. And you he were proactive. Stopped. I was proactive. Well done. Yeah. And, you know, siblings like Cardi and I have had our, you know, have gone through periods of time where we didn't talk. We went through a period of time where we didn't talk and now we're extremely close and, you know, and we're still going to hit bumps because we're 20 months apart and we're human. And, um, you know, so anyway, that was, that was a win. That was a really big win. 
made me happy. Nelsie, you're the best. Thank you, Heidi. As are you. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on all the socials. <laughs> you can email us at whatifnothingswrong at gmail.com. And Heidi does her AMA every week on Twitter. You can ask her anything. You can DM her. And she is um, doing a little dance as I'm talking about her. And you can't see it. She's swaying so cold. like she's a backup dancer. Um, and next time somebody says, oh, you're too sensitive. Or I was joking. Or maybe you better just grow up. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Punch him in the mouth. Just no, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but you might want to ask yourself, what if nothing's wrong? I think, wait, I think the ending was, if you find yourself doing that, check yourself, stop it, and own what you are saying to that person. That is the end. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's how we're going to end this? <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. Can you own to talk of Father does Recognize you, find your joy when you're spooning with a stranger and they won't let you kiss them. Find your joy when your house reeks of weed and your kids hallucinating. Find your joy, find your joy when you stick your dick and scampy when your dog likes chippy. Find your joy.